Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are daring to be different once again. Hey, guys, it's Yaya. What's up? <laughs> oh, man. I'm coming to you live right now from the studio, and I'm excited, excited about this show. I'm always excited about this show. I'm excited about every show that we have had, and we got new shows coming up, new podcasts for 2019. That's right. We're moving forward. And we have Yaya Diamond's Artist on Fire t- uh, podcast coming up really, really soon, so stay tuned for that. That'll be out on iTunes and Stitcher and Spreaker and iHeart and all that stuff, so soon we'll have all that going for you. And we will be interviewing some of the upcoming top artists uh, of t- 2019, which is is amazing. Um, but you're listening to us on 97.5 FM, Real Community Radio in North Fork, Florida, as well as the, community, the Caribbean Community Radio Station, all the Caribbean, West Palm Beach to Miami, as well as Bomb Baby Radio in New York City. I want to thank everyone for joining us on the Dream Chasers Radio Network and TV. Yes, it's going to be the Yaya Diamond uh, TV show on Roku. And no, I haven't gotten a start date. It, yeah, you know what? I was thinking about that. And, and most people tell me, oh, you know, it takes a while. And I've talked to a lot of people that say, hey, I got mine right away. And then I had somebody tell me, nah, man, that took me like eight months. So, you know, it is what it is. When it comes out, I'll let you know. All right. But we got our first guest on the line. I'm I'm just excited about this whole thing. So please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Yes, my name is Nakia. I'm an R&B singer and songwriter. Nakia, wow. So how did you get started, girlfriend? Well, basically, I mean, I've been singing for a very long time. A lot of uh, musical influences, um, you know, in the family. My father plays every instrument you can think of. Um, My mother was a singer, and, you know, it just kind of came naturally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, you had your first single, uh, called Wanna Get With You at age 16. How was that? I mean, what, what, I mean, were you on cloud 15 or what? Um, Yeah, it was kind of, it was like a high, but it was scary at the same time too because, you know, when you're, when you're not that experienced and you have all these things happening at the same time, you're just kind of trying to still be a kid, but you're still trying to pursue what you want to pursue and you're trying to like balance it out. So it was, it was mm. fun, but it was scary. What was it more than what you expected? Um, you know, that's like a hard question because um, yes, and it's yes and no. Um, because when you're that age, you don't really know what to expect. Everything is just fun, and uh, so right. it, it seemed like it was more than what was expected. And then, you know, as you start to grow and you start to learn things, you start to learn other things in the industry, the business side of things, and then you think back, you're like, hmm, it really wasn't. Um, you know, what I thought it should have been. And you went on to write and release a Spanish crossover album, which made it big overseas. Tell me about that. And when did you do that? Did you do that at 16 or was that a little bit later? Um, I was still 16. I was like going on 17. But um, what happened was I was in the studio in, in Hollywood, in California, and uh, I was recording for my new album, and it just kind of, it, it just kind of happened. There was a, um, another artist that was um, newly signed, you know, to uh, the label, and they had a song that, that was a duet, and, um, you know, they said, oh, you know, come in, you know, try to lay this down, and I was like, well, I've never really sung in Spanish before, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. So they said, oh, just come and try. So I did, and it worked out great. Um, they released the song overseas, and the song just took off. I mean, this, the name of the song was called Nunca Mi Amor, but the song just, like, took off, and, you know, it was just all history from there. Mm-hmm. Now, you've recorded three albums, two EPs, and five singles. Um, is that current, or is that something that you kind of surpassed now? Um, no, that's not current. I mean, I just released a new single. 
and a new album, um, my my new album, No Fairy Tale, is um, mm-hmm. coming out May eighth. Oh, okay, awesome, awesome. What is it like now that you know what to expect? You you know you know what the deal is. What is it like now in comparison to when you started? Well, honestly, um, now that I'm more involved in the business side of things. Um, there's a lot more that goes into things than just recording. I mean, when I was younger, it was like, okay, you go in the studio, you record, and then everyone else is handling everything else, so you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. You just know that you recorded a, you record an album, it's out, and you just go where they tell you to go, you do what they tell you to do. But now it's, I have a little mm. more control. It's, um, it can be a little more stressful because it's like you're wearing a few different hats, and especially with mm-hmm. the way music is now, it's not the same the way the way it used to be. So... Um, it's obviously a lot harder. Um, you have to promote harder, make a lot more appearances, you know, then, you know, streaming comes into play and that kind of takes away from sales. So there's just a lot of different avenues that, you know, you have to explore now and you really have to have to push. I mean, recording is the easy part. Um, that's the fun mm-hmm. part that's easy. It's all the magic happens after the recording because you can record as much as you want, but if nobody knows where it is or that they've never heard it, it's not going anywhere. Right, right. And what do you, I mean, how do you promote your stuff or do you promote your, or do you have a team? So I do have a team um, and I do do some promoting myself. Um, a lot of online presence. Um, as I said, I do a lot of appearances. Um, you know, I try to do, you know, a lot of radio um you know, interviews and, and stuff like that. And, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, organic um, mm-hmm. promoting that happens, too. Um, my team really, like, you know, gets out, hits the streets. They still go into clubs and try to get them to spin the record and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, sit back behind the computer. So it's a lot of still old-school marketing style as well. Mm-mm-mm. And I thought that was dead. I thought that old school marketing was dead. How important is old school marketing in this day and age? I mean, it's still really important because there are still, um, you know, there are still like DJs that, you know, you can walk into a club and when you're standing in their face, they'll spin your stuff. You know, it's all, you know, about persistency. So it's very, very important. Old school marketing is still very important. Do you hit the streets? Do you have a street team? I mean, because you know, this it's 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 you know it's like okay, it's important to understand the whole technicality of it all. But I think a lot of people get into this business or they get into the music because of the facade of of what they see on TV or whatever, but they don't realize the back end. So you know, if if, if a street team is still important, it um. You know, the support, is that still important? Going out and doing shows, having merchandise, is all that still important? All of that is very important, especially if you don't want to be a one-hit wonder and especially if you're trying to build a brand because that's really what it's about, longevity and building a brand. Um, You know, anyone can release a single and, okay, the single went platinum and then they disappear and you don't hear from them again. But, Mm -hmm. you know, everything is branding. You have to still have that core marketing, the street team, the people on computers. I mean, it's it's all important. It's all very important because you wow. still do have that fan base that doesn't go on the computer to download stuff. They want a physical CD in their hand. You have that fan base that you know that they're outside waiting at the bus stop and they see a poster and they're going to read that poster. They're not always going to check their email. There's people that there's people in this day and age, and it's so funny to say. In 2019, there's people who don't have email, don't know how to use email, don't check email. So, wow. you know, you want to just make sure that you're reaching every every person, whether mm-hmm. you're emailing them, whether you're talking to them, handing them a poster or a flyer. You know, there's just mm-hmm. there's money there's money to be made and there is you know, branding that has to happen. And you have to hit it from every aspect. Definitely. And now that we are, um, you know, you or, or any other artist now is responsible for their own thing. Let me ask you one specific question. Okay, so 
you got a hit, all right? Just hypothetically speaking, okay. and hopefully it does happen to you. Hope, hopefully you get that major hit, that platinum, and you go on to become a very, you know, great artist. And that's what we want from you here at Dream Chasers Radio. But hypothetically speaking, I'm going back in time here. Let's say that you get that hit and, and everything goes, and then all of a sudden you're approached by a major record label. What factors did you take into consideration since you've already made it, you already have all the money that's coming in, what do you think your your outcome or your first impression would be about that record label? Well, the first thing, um, I would have to have to have to keep creative control. Um, that's one thing. Um and I mean, obviously, they'd have to be. It'd have to be like an immaculate deal, and not something where, you know, I'm tied in for years to come, and you know, and they're just controlling everything. I mean, that's why. That's one of the things about being an independent artist that's so great. You have control over how the world sees you. Right. And what they hear and what you put out and what you do, you have control over that. And, mm-hmm. you know, as an independent artist, you know, when you're when you're putting things out and you're writing your stuff and you're promoting it yourself, I mean, at the end of the day, all the money that you make off of that, you know, you don't have to split with Tom, Harry, and Joe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of artists, especially the younger ones, um, they get into this thing where – they get so excited that, oh, my God, I have a deal, and they take the deal because they're so excited to have a deal, and they end up doing an album and getting shelved for five to ten years, yeah. and they can't even do anything oh, or get that. out of their contract. Yeah, I hate that. That, that. that was my nightmare, that right there. That that was my nightmare, you know, and it still is being shelved because, you know, yeah. as an artist, you have a limited shelf life sometimes, sometimes. Some artists go right. on to be these legends, but not every artist goes on to be a legend, you know. Uh, you have your right. moment in the spotlight, and then it's done. You know, you're over. Right. It's next, you know. And so that shelving can really be the career that you could have had. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. That that That's scary. Now, if you know, and I always say this, and I know I'm kind of intruding a little bit, but to to kind of go off of what you just said, it has to be an immaculate deal because you're already making all the money. What would the use of having a record label approach you be? What 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 good would it do? You've already done it. I mean, probably really nothing. Um, uh huh. I mean, the only thing the only thing that labels, in my opinion, anyway, the only thing that labels can provide is mass marketing that it's just going to happen faster than you can do yourself with your small team. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing. However, though, um, you know, things don't always have to have to come as, as fast as you think it's going to come. I mean, organic marketing is still real. It still works. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, this day and age with the internet, I mean, you can reach millions and billions of people in lots of countries. You just have to you just have to know the right avenues to advertise. Definitely, and that could be within seconds. <laughs> exactly, within seconds. Wow, wow. So I have a song here. I'm not really sure if I labeled it right. Truth Serum. Yes. Ah, that's Tell my new that single. Mm-hmm. So that's my new my new single. It's Truth Serum featuring uh, Will Bills, a rapper, a female rapper from Brooklyn, New York. Um, this is one of the singles off of the new album, No Fairy Tale, that'll be in stores May 8th. Um, this particular song um, is really a song more so for, I, I guess it's more so for the ladies than, than you know, the gentlemen. Um, it's basically about someone, a guy who is not really, respecting his woman and he's going out and he's cheating and he's not, you know, Mm. giving her what she needs in the relationship. So she's basically telling him that, you know, you want to be out in the streets, you know, in the strip clubs and stuff, and I can have another dude, you know what I'm saying, in like two seconds instead of you. So it's basically really, you know, in a nutshell what the song's about. Well, let's play that right here on Dream Chasers Radio. Here it is, Truth Serum. Thank you. 
like that. I like that. Wow. I like it. It's smooth. You got the rap. You got the singing. You got everything in there together. It's like, you know, you have so much talent. Uh, Tell us what's going to happen, you know, what's going on. What do you have planned for 2019? All right. So, I mean, I have a lot of stuff going on. Again, like I said, May 8th, the album will be released. I'm also um, being featured on another a compilation album called When Love Has Spoken, which will be um, released in April. Um, I will be uh, April 28th. I'll be in Vegas um, doing a show at the Urban Lounge, doing a concert and a, and a release party. Um, I have a new reality show coming out called From Sister to Sister, which you'll see later in the year um, come out. Um, And then I'm also doing, um, which will come out in May as well, I'm doing a a radio show. Um, I'm co-hosting with Monster Cody, Danica Sakor, who wrote the book Monster. Um, We're hosting Mm. uh, a a radio show together called uh, Letters from the Pen. So I have a, um, a pretty full year. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, and that's a great thing. You know, when it comes to reality shows, tell, I mean, is that something that you've already done that's being released, or you're doing it now, or how does that work? So we're basically um, in the process of filming. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, basically, I mean, you know, you got to be a, 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 particular, a, a special kind of person to do reality show because cameras are really, they follow you around and they're really, like, in your business, even if you don't want them to be in your business. So right. if you're not, like, an open book and you don't want people to see the good, the bad, the ugly, then reality show, reality TV is really just not for a person that's not open. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, being you're on the toilet and they're following you to the bathroom kind of thing, huh? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow. Well, okay, so where can people reach you? So, um, of course, I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, the Instagram is Nakia12000. Um, Facebook is uh, Nakia's World. Um, Twitter is at Hughes underscore Nakia. Or you can go to my website, which is www.soundsandnakia.com, and all the links to all the social media is there. Great. So we're going to go ahead and put that up as your website, and then that way people can actually go there and listen to your songs and, and, and do whatever, you know, they feel like they need to do. Because I, I love websites. I think that's like the um, the home on the web, you know, kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. wow. Do you have any advice for any upcoming artists that, you know, they're looking at you, they're looking at your moves, they're looking at you having a reality, you know, series coming out and different things. What do they need to do, in your opinion, to get started? So the first thing that I always tell people, because I learned the hard way um, when, I was young, when I was younger, and, like, my parents kind of learned the hard way as well, um, make sure that you understand the business side of things and don't sign any contracts until you actually have a professional read them over because you could be signing away your life. I mean, don't look at don't look at a line and say, "Oh, they're going to give me a million dollars and you sign it" because that million dollars might not be worth what you're signing away. Right. So that's like the first thing. The second thing um that especially for like younger girls, you know, coming up in the industry, you don't have to change who you are and your look and your style. You don't you don't have to change any of that to be a successful artist. You don't have to look like one of the models from Cosmo magazine because you, you are you, you're unique and yourself is what makes you you. And your talent's always gonna speak for itself. So no matter how many times you get knocked down, you just get back up and you keep going. It's all about persistency. I like that. I love that. Well, Nakia, thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you for bringing your perspective and, and your expertise and your talent. Um, it has truly been an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We will talk soon. You've got to keep in, t- in touch with me, and uh, I'm sorry you can't have the song back. Just letting you know. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Play it to your heart's desire. <laughs> I will, I will. You, you, you don't even know how much I will play that song. When I like something, it's going to be played. <laughs> Thank Good. you so much. So it's available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere digital people can get it. So if you mm-hmm. like it, go download it, go stream it, put it in your collection. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Thank you so much, Nakia. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. And her album, Fairy Tale, is set to release May 8th of this year. Also, don't forget to check out her reality series uh, from Sister to Sister that's coming out soon. And that's going to be soundsofnakia.com. You know the drill. Just go ahead and go to our browser here. Go below the interview, copy and paste the website into your browser, click enter, and you will be there. Yay! We also put that up on our Facebook page. You can go ahead and just click on the picture that's there. It's a lot easier. Facebook.com forward slash Dream Chasers Radio. I mean, you know, it's like this. We've had so many different artists come through here, and I have had uh, the pleasure of having them here and leaving music. Like I told Nakia, she would never get her song back. I told Adina Howard the same thing. Here she is with Blasphemy. <laughs> 
Wonderful, wonderful, and it was such an honor to have her on the show. And she's got a lot of pointers for you. So if you go back into our archives, you can pull up her show and see how and why she kind of hid from the music industry and um, the music business for a while, and now she's back. So be looking out for her on tour and her new music and everything like that. We're going to go ahead and go with our next guest. Thank you so much for calling in. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Um, yes, this is actually Eleanor Gusta of The Stranger, and I am to have um, a radio interview with you. You are. Hi, how are okay. you? Okay, okay, great. I am perfect. Thank you so much. Well, okay, so so tell me what your book is about, and and <clears throat> I mean, you know, The Stranger. What is that about? Um, Well, The Stranger is about two police officers who fall in love. They marry and raise a family. And in their work, an unexpected incident happens where a tragedy uproots their world, unexpectedly tearing them apart to proportionate measure. Um, Taya, the female uh, police officer, she gets a form of amnesia. And although she knows what her name is, she doesn't remember that she's married or who she really is. And her husband, Jean, goes on a long search to find her. What? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what inspired you to write this book? I mean, why? Is oh this, well, this whole thing. Yes. Well, actually, in truth, this was God's idea from the very beginning. He gave me this incredibly horrific dream of which I felt held immeasurable worth. And I certainly didn't understand the broad ramifications to come from it. And although I couldn't explain the need to create the material from this scene, I even asked God one day, I said, how could any good come, you know, from out of the devastation, the hurt, pain, and the sorrow that was played out within the haunting um, portrayer that it measured? And how little did I know that his plan uh, was actually a precious gift within that core root, which became, um, you know, a big part of the story. It, you know, it was the root that, from that, which the whole story evolved around in, into development and, and an amazing assortment of characters. Hmm. Wow. And when did you start writing this book? Um, I actually created only about 32 pages a few days after I had the dream, which was in 1992. So it's laying dormant for a very, very long time. And I had completely forgotten all about it until many years later, while searching for other material, I discovered the stranger tucked in amongst some pages. And um, so when I went into the book uh, randomly, and I read a couple pages, I said to myself, you know, this is really pretty good. You should do something with it. And uh, I said, no, no, you know. But I did that about mm-hmm. three or four times, and then I realized, yes, you have to do something with it. Because it was in those moments I realized that I needed to begin creating a full novel, which took me about four years uh, of very um, intense, dedicated, hard work. Wow. Wow. Okay, so 
four years writing mm-hmm. this book. Yes, it, it was an, it's been an incredible challenge, but anything worthwhile always takes time. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's what holds the value and the merit to it. Wow. You know, a lot of people tell me, oh, it only took me three weeks. Yeah, nah, every, every <laughs> three months I, I crank out a book. I'm looking like, yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't even crank out an idea in three months. <laughs> you got yes. an entire book. <laughs> yes, that, so, that's very true. It takes, it's a, <laughs> it's a process, it's a journey. And it doesn't happen yeah. overnight or within a few days. And that's where mm-hmm. you... That's where you get the value, like I say, um, the worth of the book. Without mm-hmm. that, you mm-hmm. really don't have anything. Right, right. And okay, so you get the book. You get the book done. It, it took you four years. So now, who is your target audience? Um. Well, you know, um, my target audience is from young teens to adults. And the reason it's I put young teens is because. Um, there's a stirring, you know, of um, particularly romance in, in the teen mm-hmm. years. And it's sort of like the Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boy books, you know. It's sort of okay. I from, that. From, from that age group. And mm-hmm. um, th- they're able to appreciate um, this type of content at that, even at that early age. So, mm-hmm. you know, like say from about age 12, 13, um, you know, to the adults, it's uh, it, it's I think a good place to aim the target okay. audience. Gotcha. And I mean, does it address any devastation in the world, or does it inspire? Actually, it does both. With all the devastation and sadness that's in the world, even before I began the work of this novel, I um, told myself, if you're going to do this book. You have to make it positive. You have to take positive aspects out of the negative because there's far too much devastation and sadness in the world. So I wanted to create a story to inspire and uplift readers and to restore hope and joy in their lives. And when a person is aspired to live within the blessings, the world can be turned upside right for a greater cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have you dedicated this book? Yes, I have, but it's um, it's a very unusual dedication, so to speak. Um, okay. I dedicated this book to the lost era, <clears throat> excuse me, where love was once held in purest honor, because there's not a whole lot of honor in the world today, yeah. and <laughs> and the heart of the one uh, so beloved and cherished within that era. So here I'm referring to the two police officers, you know, who <clears throat> excuse me become. Um, uh, they, they have a friendship and they, and they fall in love and they get married and, and they have this honor with each other. They have this respect that stays with them from the very beginning of their court years all the way through their marriage years. And I think that's a very important aspect which is often lacking today because so many people when they get married, they think it doesn't matter I'm married to her or, or to him and so I can just treat them any way I please, you know, and mm. I don't, I don't feel that in any way that that's um, the way that God ever meant marriage to be. It should be based mm. on that respect and honor that, you know, was originally the key that brought people together. Right, right. And so, you know, the characters in, in your book really draw this in and, and bring this to light. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely. Awesome, yes. awesome. There's so, there's you so much writing. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Okay. No, no. Go I, I was just going. I was just going to touch on on the last question. Um, I was going Definitely. to say that there's. Uh, thank you. There's so much contained within the characters to draw an audience to the light that holds a compelling purity that we all long and search for. And even though many people don't realize that that longing is inside their heart, that longing is still there. And no matter what path a person chooses, there's always that hope that's just waiting around the bend that longs to bring one back if that desire is strong enough. And uh, when did I start writing? I've always, always right. loved to write. I was very young, and I honestly can't pinpoint, um, excuse me, an exact date. 
However, when I was 13 years old, I had one of my poems published in a Sunday school paper, and I think I had, I know it was one more, but I'm not sure if there was two more. I definitely had two. So I was 13 when I had any um, creative work that was actually published. Hmm. Wow. And what motivated you to become a writer? I mean, you just picked up a pen and just said, okay, here I am. Here I am. <laughs> right. Here you go. <laughs> well, one of the main reasons I initially began to write uh, was not from a positive aspect. Um, I initially began to write due to traumatic experiences in my young childhood, and it was a way to express my deep hurt and sadness. I felt like I would just absolutely burst inside my heart if I couldn't get my feelings out on paper. But another mm. aspect, I also loved how words could be put together in such a beautiful way that it is different from how we talk at times and that's always mm-hmm. fascinated me even today it's it's still something that holds me to this fascination so through the years i matured and now i write because it's my passion no matter how my heart is feeling and what inspires you to write i mean are there certain situations uh certain things any memories um, in the past Yes, there's there's all of those things, and um, mm-hmm. this is a difficult question to, to answer in some ways. However, I'm inspired through nature, animals, people, God, um, who's made all things beautiful. Uh, through the good and the bad, I'm inspired. And something that's very interesting is that The Stranger wasn't written on the idea of good originally. That was not mm-hmm. my, like, that didn't happen from, from an original good root. But I saw what the core root of the devastation that came through the initial gang scene um, within my dream held within the very heart of it. And through that insight, when I, when I was given that perspective, it just totally enlightened me. And it began to mm-hmm. shape um, the story, um, making it become a jewel, shining like a star for the glory of God and to bless mm. others. Wow. And where do you usually recreate these your write-ups, your your you know, your work? I create my work both at home in the quiet of my private room as well as at an office. Hmm. And do you have any favorite authors yourself? Yes, my favorite novelist is Jeanette Oki, who is uh a Canadian author, and she's written several Canadian series. I absolutely love her series, uh, When Calls the Heart, which is also um, portrayed as a television series. That is one of my highlights of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the characters. Yes. You know what? It's it's really good to have a good program just to sit back and say, wow, this is cool. I mean, I I, I totally agree with you. Whatever you like, you know what I mean? So what are your favorite book genres? Because me, I'm a sci-fi girl. Well, I love romance and detective stories best. And this is is kind of amusing because many, many years ago, um, one of my friends said to me, you know, he said, I can't believe that you love detective stories. Like, little you, you love detective stories? And I said, (laughs) oh, I thrive on them. (laughs) Um, but I had to explain to him that I don't watch them for the bad. I never watch detective uh-huh. stories for the bad. I watch them for the good that comes out of the bad. And so that's one of the uh, one of the unique um, aspects there. Mm, 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 mm. So tell us something about your writing process and the way you bring it all together with your story ideas. Well, when I create my novels, I usually get the chapter titles first. That helps me in developing the storyline of content. I will create whatever idea comes first. Sometimes the development of a scene is literally created word by word, and I mean really literally sometimes. And once I get those initial words to the sentence, the rest of the content begins to flow, and then I can continue from there on in developing the idea and the the scene or the plot. Okay, and how has your uh, how has your environment and upbringing affected your style in writing? I love nature, and I'm very fortunate mm. to have a lot of space and what I call islands of trees within these open spaces of land. Going for walks along the creek bed. Um, near my place, has been an inspiration to oftentimes motivate me in continuing my work, especially when I'm in a rut. 
Nature always mm. calls me to God's heart, and I love to spend time with him there, thanking him for these wonderful gifts that bless my heart in so many ways. And I also love to sing my heart out there. Mm. <laughs> just, <imagine. laughs> just, just, oh just me God. and the beautiful birds singing together. I can ima- I see you doing that, like in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, and singing oh, like like it. Cinderella or something. You know, like when yes. when you see the cartoons and you see the birds chirp back, and you see you see Cinderella yes. going, la, 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 and the birds go. <laughs> oh, I, I know that. Yes, that is so <laughs> delightful. I just love it. I, I'm so so grateful because. Like just a half acre from the house, the creek runs oh. along on the east side, and um, three miles um, east of my place is the lake. So, but mm. I don't go there very often. I just love basically to walk among the trees and just enjoy enjoy the nature that that God mm. has there. I love that. I love that. And okay, sing my so heart out, of course. I, I can I see it I see it I see you in the middle of nowhere singing your, I see it with the riverbed growing I just I see that's, the whole thing that's, <laughs> that's wonderful that's just delightful so do you have any unique writing habits because like musicians have unique ways and unique times and methods mm-hmm. and all kinds of different things as a writer do you have any unique writing habits Oh, yes, absolutely I do. I am a a strict perfectionist at my craft. I will create nothing but that which is deserving of the highest merit. I write from my heart, and when something doesn't feel right or sound right, I perfect it until it does. And when I get into a very difficult place, I will stick with it until I have untied that knot literally. As frustrated Mm. as I get sometimes, I just say there has to be a way. And following my heart has always been a strong suit in every word I create. I also Mm -hmm. love um, becoming or being in character to my characters Mm -hmm. that I create. How they Mm -hmm. think, react, what will they say? Mr. Orcs, a real estate agent, um, for instance, he became one of my favorite characters. I think that how I portray my characters is also putting a part of my own character into play. And if I'm anyone in my novel, I am Taya. Mm -hmm. It's also Mm -hmm. interesting uh, when the titles come to me. They just suddenly are there. But when I look at that page with all the titles, I ask myself, you know, how am I ever going to fill those empty pages with the development of detailed content? Everything Mm -hmm. just looks so blank. But I'm usually able to create content for all the tentative chapter titles, which is absolutely quite amazing. They're usually everything that is needed for completing the full content of the novel. When I created Mr. Orcs's character, I had no idea where it was taking me to. And um, I always say to myself, you know what, you can always delete or revise the content if it doesn't suit, you know, once you've read through everything and it doesn't fit into um the right um, aspect of the character. Mm. And um, also, God has his ideas, and I have mine. I kept on putting down my ideas, and I never knew what a special character I was creating in him until I had completed the work. And along with Mr. Orcs came another character, Tommy Fielding. And I thought to myself, as I was writing as my thoughts continue, you know, continue to flow, I thought, I don't understand this, God, but okay, I'll just keep on writing. And so he knows mm-hmm. the full picture of everything that it should be and everything that it can be. And I just say, I am merely his writer. Some of the scenes of The Stranger came in a most unorthodox way. I would see a vision in front of me, and I knew exactly how to create the scenes. Um, as an interesting note, I'd never ever been able to create um, conversation. I always have struggled with that. Mm-hmm. And all of my wow. other pieces, all of my other books, I've actually created um, many books with my uh, cats and dogs, but I don't have conversation mm-hmm. there. It's not necessary. So I, so I, I said um, to God one night, I said, you know, God, I'm supposed to be an author, and how can I write a book when I don't even know how to create conversation? And then this came to me, um, this beautiful lake scene, actually, which I used part of it, but not all of it, of a, of a little girl by the lake with her parents, and this was their daughter, Tiana. And 
so though one night I decided after I had written um, that material from what I had seen in that um, vi- um, vision, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, from that moment on, I have never, ever had any trouble creating conversational content. Another aspect is that God gave me the content of the material for all of the chapters when I was ready for them. Um, but for the stranger, however, I had to rearrange some of the text because it didn't fit where it should, which I call misplaced content. Threading all the content together came with great difficulty and also as well as with great ease. I will also create the content that comes to my mind. It doesn't make any difference to me when the content comes or how it comes. For instance, I created the end of the novel first. I had that all in place long before the rest of the book came together. And when I had that all in place, then I began to work at the beginning, working all my way, all the way through, pardon me. And um, sometimes a chapter would be created um, unexpectedly as I was working my way through. And so I would, I would leave that work and make notes so I'd know where to continue. Um, and then I would just simply work on the new chapter and get it completed and then I would go back to it and lastly all the work um, has given a beautiful portrait of what my heart longed to create when I considered writing The Stranger as many times as I wanted to throw this book out the window and believe me there were many um, (laughs) my uh, wonderful marketing executive one time I said to him um I said, you know, I just don't think I can ever write again. I I just don't know if I can lift my pen up again because that was when I was starting to create. I had just finished revising The Stranger, and I was working on the sequel, which is called A Rookie's Daughter, and I came to the place where I just felt I had nothing left to give. And he emailed me back with this beautiful verse, and it's from Romans 15, 13, which says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this became my backbone of restored peace and strength. And he said to me, this is a very powerful verse. And it was a verse that literally got me back on track. And I have not stopped writing since that day. And um, God has his perfect plan for all of our lives. When we allow him to fit all the pieces together, the weave of his pattern will denote the perspective he had in mind for us all along. Through the amazing hand of God, this long journey has taken me down a path of profound blessing, and I have come to realize anew that anything worthwhile is always measured by a dedicated and hardworking heart. Longing for this mm-hmm. gift of highest excellence, it eventually came within its perfect time, wherein the heart of each day was bringing my dream closer to seeing it come true and held within my hands. And um, when that moment came, it was so precious because it came from a heart of purest purity that I had written. And I also felt that it was a stunningly beautiful um, uh, part or aspect because it came from mm-hmm. God himself who helps me within the creation of this work. Without him, without the ideas that I drew from um, other people and that came from nature, this book would never hold um, the beauty that it it came to aspire. Hmm. Wow. Wow. And are you writing any new books or any other books? Yes, yes, I am. Two, in fact, actually three. That two are ready, and um, I have a children's book um, entitled Hope's Lantern, and it's almost ready to be launched, in fact. And the sequel to The Stranger, which is um, titled A Rookie's Daughter, that is also soon ready to be launched um, okay. within the next uh, month or so. And I'm also presently working on the third in the a trilogy of what I call my cop series, which is um, mm-hmm. The Stranger, um, Our Rookie's Daughter, and I am now working on A Rookie's Son, which I'm actually almost done, but it's still going to take, you know, months t- to complete and everything. But I have um, actually created a lot of content. I think I've completed 13 chapters now in A Rookie's Son, 
so I'm almost there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and it was amazing wow. there again, again too, because one of the uh, personnel on staff here, when I created A Rookie's Daughter and I had it finished, she said to me, you know, you just have to write a third book. And I said, Actually, I was considering one, but I said, I just don't know if I can. And she said, you have to. She just one day came into my office and said, you know, Eleanor, you just have to do that book. And um, I said, okay, I'll see what I can do with God. And um, sure enough, it's come together. So it's it's almost there as well. But I don't know when that book will be launched. And I've actually also written a sequel to my children's book, um, mm-hmm. like, it's called Hope's Lantern, and I've written a sequel okay. called Hope's Lantern Lives, and both of these children's books are based on fact. And wow. those, uh, the children's books will be illustrated, and um, I've had the opportunity to peruse a couple of the illustrations, which I am just um, so absolutely thrilled with how the artist has um, put my, you know, the heart of my thoughts into into his work of illustrations. So I'm very pleased with that. He's doing an, an absolutely wow. fantastic job. So I can't wait mm-hmm. to see everything come, um, you know, through and, and be ready for the launching of Hope's Lantern. Wow. You know, it's amazing what you've done. Amazing, you know, from from where you came to now because, even though most people don't realize this, you had a near-death tragedy. Um, and and so, you know, you you took that and committed your life and, and committed your passion. And I, I, I yes. commend you for that because most people yes. don't come back from stuff like that. Yes. So I see that you have Amazon and Barnes & Nobles uh, yes, here. Yes, that's correct. Awesome. Yes, that's, okay, that's so what correct. I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to copy this. And I'm going to put this in our browser uh, you know, a lot of people want to become writers, and they've gone through these near-death tragedies or circumstances in their life. Do you have any any advice for those people um, to come out of what they're they're in? Um, something that may help them that helped you? Oh, absolutely! And actually, this is threaded throughout all of my cop series books, and even in my children's books. Like, there's a time for grieving, and I. I don't believe that, um, I mean, for some, it's possible, but I don't believe that on the whole that everyone totally, um, you know, we get over grief. Like, when a loved one dies, sure, time heals. But it's still at some point through the years, I believe that there's still, you know, that um, longing for that person that... um, Mm -hmm you know, that has been lost to somebody who has really loved them. And I would just, you know, like to say, like, you know, like in in the losses that I've had, sometimes I just, I was so devastated and moments would just seem like eternities to me. But I knew without a doubt that God was in me with them, even though at times, it felt like God wasn't with me at all. But when I look back, I know that he was holding me up. And you just have to um, um, sustain your heart with the fact that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's there. He's holding you up. And you just have to look up to to heaven and just ask God to, you know, just cry out to God and say, help me. And um God will heal and God will restore. And I think that's very important. Actually, even this morning um, uh, from yesterday in my third um, cop book, um, these two darling little boys come to live with the police officers. Uh, They were abandoned by their parents. And Taya comes to love them so much. And they're adopted by wonderful people. But they have to go away for a while. And so they stay with Taya and Jean. And for some reason, this time, Taya finds it very difficult to um, get past that point of devastation without their presence in her life anymore. And she has a wonderful best friend. I mean, she has more than one best friend, but one of her dearest friends, Anne, she um, goes and takes a walk with her, and Taya's just weeping her heart out. And she said, you know, 
there's this verse that says, be still and know that I am God. And sometimes we just mm-hmm. have to be still and wait on God and listen to him. And God is always there. He's always waiting for us to come to him. And um, even when we, you know, don't always come to him, he's still there and he's still going to hold us up. And you must never lose hope ever because there is always hope to your last breath. And um, yeah. so, so what happens is, um, Taya still like Anne asks her, "What's different this time?" And she said, "That's what bothers me. I don't know what's different this time." And um, Anne encourages um, Taya to go and spend time with God. So she loves going to the meadow. So that's what she does. And then one morning, this beautiful sunrise comes, and um, she just feels whole again. She feels God's presence. And her loneliness, you know, the torment of her loneliness um, just fades away, like it falls away. And she's able to come back to that place of wholeness again. And that's what we need to do. We need to find a special, something that will touch our hearts, you know, in a beautiful way that, that God is in there speaking to us. That's something that we sometimes have to look for, or sometimes we just have to ask, God, please help me. I don't know what to do. Just, you know, show me something, give me something, speak something to my heart, and God Mm -hmm. will come. Amazing. Wow. Thank you so much, Eleanor, for being on the show. Oh, this Uh, is such a privilege. Thank you. uh, Oh, the privilege is mine. You know. Oh, well, thank uh, you. Just just everything that you, you talked about, your passion about your book, about your craft. It's it's just it's 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 great. I love it. It's just Oh, it's, thank uh, you so much. It's beautiful. It's definitely thank beautiful. you. And you you guys know the drill. We put the links there. We also put it up on our Facebook page so you can copy and paste that into your browser or go to our Facebook page and click on the link. We even shared her Facebook page with you so that you can get in contact with her directly. And, you know, support, support, support. Eleanor, thank you again so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much. This has been an absolute joy and blessing. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm glad. And when you come out with your next book, that's what you got to do. You got to come back. Oh, okay. 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 Thank you. Yes. Well, no um, oh, I just wanted to mention um, for uh-huh. Hope's Lantern. Um, okay. My publisher actually did a video, an audio video on it, and it's beautiful. They did a beautiful Ooh. job on it. So that is up on, I'm not sure, Tumblr or it's up on one of on one of the social medias anyway. So um, that is something that uh, people can look for for the children's book. And as mm. well, a book trailer is also going to be made for The Stranger. And I'm with a new publisher now as well um, because I followed my marketing executive. So um, a book trailer is also being made for the sequel, which is A Rookie's Daughter. And then I'm Mm -hmm. just excited about getting the third A Rookie's Son done and um, up and running as well. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. But, hey, you know, you keep going. You keep Thank doing you. that thing, and you you keep you keep you know motivation, and we are behind you 100. percent I hope that everything works out for you. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute privilege and blessing for me. I really cherish this time with you. No, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate oh, that. Well, I I loved being on, on your program very much. Thank you. All right, well, then that means you got to come back. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I would just love to. Awesome, awesome. I'm looking forward to it, Eleanor. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much right. for everything. All right. No problem. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Wow, you guys, look, there's passion out there. People love what they do. I hope that you get some inspiration from all these people that come on and they give you their heart. And here's their heart. This is what they what they love to do, and they're and they're feeding it to you like, hey, you can do what's in your heart too. I can do it. You can do it. If I can create something out of nothing, you can too. If if my dreams came true, your dreams can come true as well. And that's why Dream Chasers Radio is here to show you that. Guess what? Whatever you have in your heart that you want to do in your life. 
you know, do it. As long as you're not hurting anybody or yourself. Those are those are the two things I say. Don't hurt anybody and don't hurt yourself. You know, we're talking dreams, careers, music, writing, authors. We're talking things that people want to do in their lifetime that is, is productive, that has a purpose that will not harm, but that will inspire. That, you know, is so much, so much, so much going on in the world today. There's so many different things. You got Venezuela. I pray for them. You know, you got so many things. You know, Game Chasers Radio wants to see on the positive side of everything. If you have a career, a dream, no matter where you are, there is a way. You just got to find it. Just got to find it. And I hope and pray you do. And until next time, guys, you guys know the drill. Dream Chasers Radio is here. But uh, for sure, for sure, I'm going to say don't forget to dare to be different, especially in these days. Don't ever forget.